0: Maybe this summer you have read something that you are super excited to try and implement in your classroom this fall. Maybe this summer you just took a huge teacher time out and did absolutely nothing to do with school until this moment. And maybe you're starting to freak out a little bit because the new school year is on the horizon. Maybe you just feel super motivated to find as many new strategies as you can to become a game changer for kids at this point in your career, whether you are a first year teacher 15th year teacher or 25 year teacher you are in the right place because in this episode we are doing three game-changing ideas that will change your school year and i'm warning you prepared to be surprised this summer replay episode was off the charts with downloads last school year that i had to bring it back as we approach the fall I don't know about you, but I'm getting pretty pumped up for the 2022-2023 school year. And if you're not there yet, fear not. This episode will get you there. Let's roll into it. The cover of your book really sucks, said a student. Followed by another student piping in saying, yeah, Miss G, it's really basic. What were these students talking about? They were talking about a book called Game Changers that I had written in 2015. A book titled Game Changers can't have a sucky basic cover art. So what did I do? I had them help me with it. And back in 2015, I took their ideas, I took their inspiration, and I used that to create the actual new cover art for the book before it was ever officially published. That was a game-changing moment. And what I want to do in this short series of podcasts over the next two weeks is talk about what it means to be a game-changer in education. I want all of us to go into our classrooms each day feeling confident that we are engaging students, we are motivating students, that we are doing things differently that gets kids pumped to walk into our classrooms. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, you're gonna hear some cliff notes, some ideas, some short but really significant things that you can do every single day. There is awesome in every single school day. the big question. How can teachers like us, who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education, celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. So Game Changers is this 20 chapter, 20 idea book that is truly about student engagement, student motivation, and making sure that we are loving our job and students are loving coming to class. And I love it because they are simple, innovative, effective things that will change the way the game is played in your classroom. And I love how the book starts because it begins with a chapter called The Day That I Became Harry Potter. And what's interesting about this is I think oftentimes when we think about student engagement and student motivation, we think that we have to create something really big that's going to take a ton of time and a ton of money. And that chapter totally proves that that's a myth. That is a teacher myth. In fact, I want to read to you the last paragraph. It says, in order to win the game, you have to change the game plan. And sometimes in order to win, you have to draw on your face with a permanent marker. Now, that actually really did happen. Spoiler alert, that happened. And I, I want to just kind of give you um, some cliff notes about what that chapter is about rather than reading the entire thing. In a podcast, I want you to know that sometimes we just need random props to add excitement. You don't need to transform your entire classroom into some sort of like African safari. That's cool, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be engaging. Sometimes we seriously just need a random prop or a permanent marker I think sometimes we just also have to incorporate pop culture references. In the chapter, The Day That I Became Harry Potter, I wrote that because back in 2015, Harry Potter was hot, right? Let's get serious. Harry Potter is still hot now. Harry Potter is going to stand the test of time. But in 2015, like my kids were so into it and so I started just incorporating some of those references, some of those those funny terms from Harry Potter into my class. And it totally was a game changer. I think the final thing about that chapter that I want to add as a teacher tip is sometimes things get weird in class. And I think we just have to go for it. Sometimes we kind of take this left turn and we like go in a different direction that I didn't think That we knew we were going to go and we think like, no, I kind of got to get back on track with this. No, I think that's what's really cool about teaching is sometimes we just go for it. And by the end, kids understand the lesson, kids understand the content because of those comparisons to the culture that they are living in. Sometimes in order to be a game changer for kids, truly, we just have to put on a cape, draw a lightning bolt on our forehead, and say like, man, I'm going to talk like a wizard during class. That doesn't take a lot of time. It just takes a little bit of whimsy. My next strategy that I want to share with you actually involves Betsy. Betsy is both one of my most amazing parts of my classroom and certainly one of the most frustrating parts too. Betsy can be so super helpful, but Betsy can also waste a whole lot of time. She requires a lot of my attention, but she also can be incredibly efficient. I've known Betsy for about four years now, and I think the best way to describe my relationship with Betsy is love hate. Betsy is my smart board. Now some of you are listening to that and wondering oh yeah mm-hmm, I got a student like that too. I got a love hate relationship with a student. I've got kids who waste a lot of time but they're also super helpful. Yeah no it's actually uh, the name of my smart board. Or was the name of my smart board at a previous school district. I have now moved on to bigger and better things called the Promethean board. I actually recently got one and it's freaking awesome. And my Promethean board also has a name. His name is Frank. His name is Frank. And I love it. And sometimes Frank has some malfunctions and sometimes... Frank is freaking awesome but one thing that has been just this really silly game changer is the fact that I like to give things that aren't alive an identity in the classroom you know who else gets really into this My students do, and your students will too, regardless of their age. I've had sixth graders giggle over the fact that Frank fell asleep and turned off in the middle of the lesson, and I've had high school kids be like, Frank, Frank, come on. You're making Miss Genta's handwriting look terrible. It's not Frank's fault. It's my handwriting. But nonetheless, my question is, what do you currently have named in your classroom? pencil sharpener you got a pencil sharpener named why not what about a certain special chair or a certain special table what about uh, your markers or a special eraser that you have like I think when we give things a special identity it also makes our students connect to our class in a really unique and interesting fun way and I think sometimes in order to solve an annoying problem during class, you have to change the focus of the issue. And sometimes that means giving supplies an identity and calling your, fi- your pencil sharpener Fred. Technology especially can be really, really frustrating. And instead of getting mad and wanting to like throw your Promethean board markers across the room, if we give it a name, we tend to have a little bit more patience and grace with it. And so for all of you people out there who are like, God, I hate technology so much, name your Chromebook, name your computer. And I know that that sounds crazy, but I truly believe that it will change the interactions that you have and the ones that your students see you having as well. If you wanna change the interactions that you are currently having with students or bring those relationships to a whole nother level, to a social and emotional learning level that we all want and need, I wanna highly recommend that you check out my 180 days of awesome SEL curriculum. This is going to completely change the way that you do morning meeting homeroom, advisory, or just the way that you connect with kids while we connect with curriculum. I know that SEL is of the utmost importance, and as an SEL classroom teacher, I have created 180 full lessons that include videos, links, resources, and articles that are all completely embedded into this 180-day document. Teachers like us, we don't need one more thing to plan for. And this one resource could be the thing that changes your relationships with your students forever. You can check out 180 days of awesome SEL at monicagenta.com slash 180 SEL. That link is in the show notes for your convenience. But once again, that's monicagenta.com forward slash one eight zero s-e-l this is the year to make our connections with kids the best that they ever have been garages they store many things cars boats bicycles lawnmowers isn't it nice that we can keep so many different objects in these places you can also do activities in your garage like a sleepover Did you know you can have a slumber party in a garage? It's not weird at all. The only thing that is better than a sleepover in a garage is, well, a sleepover in a house. I had to sweep my garage the other day. It had a lot of leaves in it. Garages have doors. They move on a pulley system. Some garages are attached to a house and some garages are like in the backyard. I guess if you wanted to leave with one final message, it would be this. Anything is possible with a garage what was that random moment about a garage that was a one-minute speech that was literally given by a student a few years back i do this thing in my classroom called one minute speeches which is an opportunity to get kids up in front of the class in a non-threatening silly environment where they just work on their communication skills And oftentimes, I let students pick their own topic. And this one student came up to the front of the room and she's like, I'd like to give a one-minute speech about a garage. And then that is what came out. That was off the cuff. And see, some students have natural communication skills like that. But we have to foster those communication skills in so many other students. Speech class is not really a class anymore, and so this was one of the things that I knew that I wanted to develop in students. Because I'll never forget being in my speech class when I was in eighth grade. We had to do these one-minute speeches based off of like um, a product, so it was basically like an infomercial. And I'll never forget creating this thing called the Grapefruit Shields. And the Grapefruit Shield was this made-up product that I created with a colander and some twisty ties and a grapefruit. And I tried to sell this product in one minute, uh, and I made it super dramatic. When I was like, don't you just hate when you want a citrus fruit? You're craving that delicious, juicy fruit. But as you go to peel it, all of that juice gets in your eye. Ouch! That hurts! You know, very, very like late night infomercial kind of thing. I gave a one minute speech about it and I remember winning my one minute speech. And it was so fun to listen to what my other uh, peers and classmates came up with. But as a teacher, what I found and I'm sure you have found is kids are not comfortable with this anymore. And so we can get mad about it and be like, kids aren't comfortable with this anymore. Or we can do something about it and say, well, I'm going to provide some class time. I'm going to provide the structure for kids to have some experience doing this. And in the book Game Changers, I talk about how I structure it and how I set it up so that kids come up and give these brilliant speeches about a garage. And then the whole class claps, and it's just it's just one of those really cool moments. So I guess the question is, do your students feel comfortable coming up to the front of the class? Do they feel like they are in the zone when you say, hey, you're going to give a presentation? Or are they like, yeah, no, thank you. I'm not doing that. I think every single day we have the opportunity to engage students in unique ways, regardless of the curriculum that we are currently teaching. So here's what I will say about one minute speeches. I think they increase student ability to condense information. What a great way to summarize stuff in our classes. I think, of course, it enhances public speaking skills. I think this decreases the intimidation factor when kids do have to be up in front of their peers or an audience. I think it absolutely boosts classroom morale because, generally speaking, these one-minute speeches end up being absolutely hilarious And I think if all else sells, you know what this is? An outstanding icebreaker opportunity. They can give a one-minute speech about themselves. I know that in this episode, we only threw out three ideas. Everything from naming uh, inanimate objects in our classrooms to talking about how we can use props and just some silly basic things around our classroom to one-minute speeches. All totally different engagement opportunities, but all really powerful ways to be the blue apple. What do I mean by be the blue apple? Well, let's go back to the story at the beginning when a student said, the cover of your book is basic. Yeah, it really sucks. That's because I had a bunch of red and green apples on the cover. To me, that made sense. They're apples. We're teachers. It's like the freaking most common symbol used for teachers. And they're like, yeah, that's why it sucks. How predictable. That's all you could come up with. And I was like, well, yeah, but don't you get it? It's a bunch of red apples and there's one green apple on the cover. Like the green apple represents being a game changer, something unpredictable. And like, wow, it it stands out just like game changing moments. And they're like, yeah, but you can buy those colors in the store. You can buy green apples in the store. You can buy red apples in the store. You need something more than that. So when I say be the blue apple, the kids convinced me that you can't buy blue apples in the store. You have to make blue apples. You got to go out and get some spray paint. You got to do some Photoshop into an apple to make it blue. You have to put some work in. You got to change what society thinks about apples. So with some encouragement from them, and just some harsh criticism, I ended up using a bunch of red apples on the cover and then one blue apple. And I want you to be that blue apple teacher in your classroom with your students, that blue apple teacher in your school and in your hallway. I want you to be a game changer for kids. And I hope this episode was a game changer for you. If you enjoyed it, will you do me a favor? Will you screenshot it? Hit those buttons on the side of your phone and share it out on social media. Share it on um, Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram. And let other teachers know that you are listening to this. Encourage them and and, and send them, text them the link to it so they can hear it too. So we can just continue to support each other and be game changers for the entire face of education. I hope you'll consider checking out that 180 days of awesome SEL curriculum in the show notes. But until next time, I want to thank you so much for listening and thank you for being a part of this teacher life.